Welcome everyone to today's class. Can you all hear me okay? Great. Last couple of people are joining, so we'll just let them join. Okay, does anyone have any question? Okay. So, all these classes we've taken so far, 76 class today, all these that we've conducted is so that we can understand vaguely these last three chapters. It's all preparation so that we can understand these last three chapters. And without the basic understanding, these chapters would not make sense to a normal person. I myself, I'm dreading taking today's class, actually. This is a hard topic, illusions to get your head around. <laughs> but we'll get there, slowly. It won't happen in one class, but you will get there. The world is an illusion. We said Maya. This world is Maya. What is that? Maya. This world is Maya. What is that? Maya. When is that? What is that? Maya. It's not that. It's not that. Then what is it? It's not this. It's not that. It's not anything. <laughs> <laughs> is the world real? Vatanta says, no, the world is Maya, means, as rightly, Vanita rightly said, not that. The world cannot be real, since it is fleeting, passing, it's always changing. It doesn't exist at all times. It's not there in deep sleep, in the dream state. It's not there at self-realization. So these great sages, saints have said, who've reached that state. Reality is defined as anything that existed in the past, exists now, will exist in the future. Anything that exists now, which did not exist in the past and does not exist in the future, is called unreal. So the definition of reality is, is something that exists throughout time, past, present and future. And this waking world right now, it does not test the test, it does not stand the test of reality. It was not there last night while you were while we were in the dream state. It was not there during deep sleep for you and for me, for all of us. But the world is not unreal either, because it exists for us now. We're all here talking, participating in this class. He exists for us. Also, it cannot be partly real and partly unreal, since they cannot coexist. Real and unreal cannot coexist. So what is this world? The question arises, what is this world then? It's not real, it's unre not unreal. So Vedanta say, states that this world is Maya, it is just an illusion, a dream. Only the I is real because it exists throughout our life. Through all three states of consciousness, the I exists. I am sleeping, I am dreaming, I am in deep sleep, I am awake, I'm a man, I'm a woman. So only the I is real. So what is this I? 
And we finished off last class with a statement that Vedanta states that the waker cannot claim the waking world any more real than the dreamer and his dream world. The waker cannot claim this waking world as any more real than the dreamer and his dream world. Any questions? That was a quick recap. That brings us, so the world is an illusion, it's a dream. Okay, we've all got to that level, correct? Believe it or not, this is where we are right now, that the world is an illusion. So what kind of illusion is this now? They have answers for everything. They don't stop at, it's an illusion and accept it. Doesn't work like that. You need, we need to explain what is this illusion that we're in. Now, if anyone does not get this next topic, it's okay, don't worry about it. You know, it takes a, a lot of time and effort to grasp this next concept. A lot of thinking, a lot of reading, a lot of contemplating, I would say. And we can take this topic up again on Wednesdays in group discussion. So let me ask you, if I ask you, who created this world? What, what would the answer be? Who created the world? Who created the world? Someone ask you, forget the Vedanta. Who created the world? Neelam, if I asked you, who created the world? It's a simple question. One, one would say God. God, thank you. Anybody disagree? You ask any layman, who created the world? God. I ask you, which God? Which God created the world? I ask you, why did he create the world? That's it, people can't answer these questions now. Okay, God created this world. Which God do you believe in? People say, I believe in this God. I believe in that God. Someone will say, you believe in that God? My friend, that God is not real. This is God, his belief. This is my God. He is the real God. And this is the fight that happens throughout time and history. My God is different from your God. My God is real. Your God is unreal. Who is God? Who is he? If I ask you, who is God? What would you say? How would someone answer that? Who is God? A layman, how would he answer that? Vijayapai, how would he answer? A, a supreme person. Supreme person. What else? Supreme person. What else? Who else? What else would they? How else would they describe God? Anybody? Creator of the world. Sorry, what was that, Emma? Creator of the world. Creator of the world. But who is he? How would you describe God? From a layman terms, he is all merciful. He is all powerful. He is all caring. Pure love. This is God. Really? That is God? All powerful, all merciful. Okay. Then some people say, oh, your God is like this. Your God is like that. People get upset. How dare you say that about my God? So I ask you, all of you, who is God? Does anyone know who God is? Good, I'm glad no one put their hands up because the right answer is, I don't know. The right answer is, I don't know who God is. That is the right answer. Okay, Ravi? 
paragraph one, please. Intrinsic and extrinsic illusions. People have observed a shoe being made by a shoemaker, a dress being made by a dressmaker, a pot by a pot maker. They look at the world and conclude there must be a world maker, that there must have been a creator who created the world. They christened him God. Their conclusion sounds plausible, quite reasonable, but then it is a mere theory, a sub supposition speculation. Humans look at the world, as Hema just said, and concluded that there must be someone who has created the world. Someone in the past, someone asked the question, who created the world? And the person said, G-O-D. Who, we don't know. When, we don't know. But someone said, G-O-D. Now, does that answer the question? Anyone? Who created the world? G-O-D. God created the world. Does that answer our question? Emma, does that answer the question? Why doesn't it answer the question? Why doesn't it answer the question? You all said God created the world. Now, now you're all backtracking and saying no. It does not answer the question. You cannot answer a question with another unknown. God is unknown. Who created the world? God. God is also unknown. God represents the unknown. So someone called this unknown G-O-D. Simple as that. You accept it or you don't accept it. It's up to you. Someone said G-O-D. Who created the world? Answer, God. Who is God? He created the world. Don't you know? Stupid fellow. He doesn't know who God is. God is the creator of the world. Who is God? He created the world. Who created the world? God did. It's just reasoning in a circle. Where Are we getting anywhere to the answer? You think about it. Now, this unknown, G-O-D, in this world, we kill in the name of G-O-D. God that no one has a clue about. Countless lives have been lost throughout history. All the wars in the name of God, a God no one knows. You think about it, it's crazy. All these different gods that we fight about, a god no one has seen, no one knows. This is the state this world is in. If anyone has the poems book, the poem Six Blind Men and the Elephant, read that. This will give you some uh, idea about this, what we're talking about right now. So it's ludicrous if you think about it, logically. Any questions on God? Who created the world? I don't know. You can't say G-O-D because you don't know G-O-D either. So the right answer is I don't know. Bella, who created the world? I don't know. That's it. That's the right answer. Next paragraph. If you maintain this theory that God created the world, you separate God from the world. You segregate God and the world, thereby restrict the all-pervading nature of God. You place a limitation on the infinite being. Moreover, by making God a creator, you attribute motives, desires to God. You reduce God to the status of a shoemaker, 
a dressmaker, a potmaker. You must realize the origin of the world is well beyond the reach of the human intellect. The human intellect cannot conceive God. Give up that idea. Do not lead yourself to superstitious beliefs. Let your approach to the world be rational. Proceed from the known to the unknown. Do not take anything for granted. Through, through study, reflection and meditation, you must gradually unveil your real self. Realize your true self. Discover your supreme being. Attain spiritual enlightenment. You will then realize the extraordinary illusion you were caught up in. Is that two paragraphs in your book, Ravi? So, what does that say? If we believe that God created the world, we are separating God from the world. We are bringing God to our level, to the level of a pot maker, a shoemaker. A shoemaker creates a shoe, a pot maker creates a pot. What we are then saying is that God also has desires, motives. And that's why he created the world. We're placing limitations upon his infinite being. <coughs> God has no desires. But we've reduced him to that level. Why? Any idea why? Why do we reduce him to that level? God must have created the world. Why did he create the world? Yeah, Vanessa. For our own selfish motives, that we use that as a, I suppose, a consolation that we control things in a way, isn't it? Or we can. Okay. Any other reason? Why do we bring God to that level? Is it to satisfy our own beliefs? Yeah, Simit, you're, you're, you're halfway there to satisfy our beliefs, yes? To bring him to the level to our understanding. Because we can't understand God. We can't understand this being. Our limited intellect cannot conceive the origin of the world. We cannot understand God because of our limited intellect. So we bring him down to a level that we can understand. Who created the world? God must have created this world. It's a meaningless statement. Okay, I'll give you some examples. I need a volunteer. Who wants to volunteer? Dermish. Simple question I'm gonna ask you. Go for it. I show you an apple. I'll ask you, what is this? It's an apple. I don't know what it is. What is it? What is an apple? So I've never seen an apple. What is an apple? How would you explain it? You can only explain something by experiencing it. So you can say it's a food. You take a bite from it and you say you eat it. This is an apple. It comes in red or green. Correct? Great. Yep. I now know what an apple is. I show you a car. I ask you, what is this? Simple explanation. It takes us from one place to another. You use this petrol and you drive it. Okay. And then you demonstrate. You take me from A to B. This is a car. Okay, great. I understand what a car is. I'll show you a picture of, I don't know, uh, Alexa, this device, this new device. I'll ask you, what is this? It's connected to the internet and it, you can ask it questions and it'll give you information and play music. What is an internet? Okay, 
We're getting a bit more difficult to explain this now, isn't it? Okay, I'll show you a picture of a rocket. I'll ask you, what is this? What would you say? It's our attempt to go and find God. Huh? No, seriously, I'll ask you a picture of a rocket ship. What would you say? It's a human attempt to go and see other places apart from the Earth. So you say it goes into space? What is space? You say he goes to the moon. What is the moon? You might point the moon at me. He says, this takes you to out of this world. I'll show you a picture of Mars. I'll ask you, what is this? How would you explain that to me? It's a planet that rotates around the sun. What is the sun? Hmm? What is the sun? The sun is the big gold thing that you can see that heats the world. So as we get more and more subtle, it becomes more and more difficult to explain. Our intellect can't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I can go on and go on. You know, what's a microbe? Yeah, what is this SARS, this COVID-19? I can go on and on. As you get deeper, it becomes more and more difficult to understand. As we get more subtle, it becomes more difficult to um, explain and describe the objects our intellect. Now I show you a picture of a god. I say, what is this? How are you going to explain that? Explain to me, what is God now? My intellect can't even understand what space is. How can we understand the creator of this universe, this world, God? That's why we don't know who God is. We can't understand it. Intellect isn't, is not strong enough to understand this, what God is. We can just about understand the universe. We cannot explain it in words what God is. The dictionary cannot be used to explain what God is. We don't have the capacity to understand God. The language we use whatever language we speak, does not have the capacity as to explain what God is. We make our language to, based on our intellects. A limited intellect cannot understand God. So let's just give up the idea. And we agree, we don't know what God is. Ah, but I know. I will kill for my God. Sounds ludicrous now, doesn't it? The only thing we can do is go from the known to the unknown. What does that mean? Known to the unknown. We can only go from the known to the unknown. What do we know? What do we know? We don't know God, so what do we know? What do we know? Well, we're saying, um, do we know that this world is an illusion? So, don't know that. you don't know that. You don't know that. <laughs> That's what we've learned. Yeah, we may have learned it, but it doesn't mean we believe it. Okay. What do we know? We know everything that's in the world. We know ourselves. We know, uh, maybe the question isn't clear. We know London. We know we us. We know our partners. We know fellow beings. We know this. So they're saying you can only go from the known, what you know, to the unknown. You can't go straight to the unknown. It's beyond our capacity. So God is unknown. We can't jump to God. We don't know God. But what we can do is work our way up from the known, what we already know. See, now we've brought in the aspect of the self, Atman, Brahman. Yeah, we didn't know all this before. Slowly, we've gone through classes, your body, your mind, your intellect. What enlivens that? Atman, Brahman. So slowly, we've got to know that. So we can get there. 
We may not be able to get to God. We don't know who God is, but we can go to where we, we can get to where we, what we do know. So what we already know, we use and slowly try and discover the unknown. We use logic and reason. Yeah, we always use logic and reason in Vedanta. No superstitious beliefs. Any questions? As I said, this topic you have to really think about. We're talking about the unknown. <laughs> Any questions? So, logic and reason we, we use. No superstitious beliefs. Why, when it comes to God, we give up logic and reason? Why is it that we don't use logic and reason when we think of the unknown, when we think of God? Why is that? Any idea? Yeah. Is it because that's the way we've been conditioned and never asked questions about it? So as time has passed, nobody's queried it and just accepted it. As we said, God is unknown, but everyone seems to know what God is. And they're flaunting the idea of God, this is God, that is God. They don't know. We just believe them. Yeah, we know logic and reason. I mean, we use logic and reason in all areas of our life. Work, we use logic and reason. I want this job, not that job. Kids, we use logic and reason. Study this subject, don't study that subject. Business, we can't run business on emotions, you have to use logic and reason. You can't run it on superstitious, superstition beliefs, your business. Rajesh, you're trading in shares. You use logic and reason, isn't it? You don't go to a fortune teller in the morning and say, which shares shall I buy? Tell me. You don't have those superstitious beliefs. You use logic and reason. So why don't we use logic and reason when it comes to God? Where do we, why, why, why not use that? These are all questions for you to think about. In that one area, your whole life, based, your, you base your whole life, your belief system, the way you behave, what you eat, what you don't eat, fasting, all that you do, prayers. Why no logic and reason there? You spend half your time doing it. Why do we lose the capacity to think when it comes to religion and God? I don't want answers. I'm just making the statements. I already know the answers for that. We don't know God. So why do we lose the capacity to think when it comes to religion and God? You ask yourselves. You don't need to tell the group. Each one can answer their own question. Our role in life is to find out who we are. That's it. That's our goal in life. Don't take anything for granted. Slowly study, try to understand what these great saints have written about, their experience in discovering the true self within. If it makes logical sense, we can follow that path. Then through knowledge, reflection, meditation, we can also discover our true being, our true self, the Atman within. That's our purpose, our goal. Only if it makes sense to you, after you use your logic and reason to understand it. Any questions? Does it make sense? You can say no. Sittle's already saying no, and she wants to ask a question, you see? Quick. <laughs> Anybody else? I don't want to give her preferential treatment. You can disagree, not a problem. It's fine to disagree. It's okay to disagree. 
saying allowed to talk about it again. So if we're saying we don't know God, what is it that we're having faith in if we say that we have faith? If I say to you I have faith mm -hmm. and my faith is strong, what is it that I've got faith in then? I don't know. You have to answer that question. It's in God. In me, faith in me. I have faith in God. Yeah, it's okay. She says, what do I have faith in? It's okay to have faith in God. That's not a problem. You know, there is an entity backing everything. We're not saying there isn't. Yeah? There is a entity backing this whole universe, backing us. But the, the question here is that we don't know this entity. So we have faith in that entity. Whoever has created all this that I'm experiencing, whoever has created this sun, this moon, this knowledge, this food, everything, whoever that is, I don't know who it is, but I have faith in that person, that entity. We don't even know if it's a person. It's okay to have that faith. Any other questions? Okay. So that wasn't the deep bit, by the way. <laughs> we get into the depth of things. Illusions. This world is an illusion. So what is this world? It's an illusion. What kind of illusion is it? We try and get some understanding of this illusion. So these saints are saying there's two types of illusions that are in play in this waking state. Intrinsic illusion and extrinsic illusion. Don't worry about the names. You can say one and two if you want. They're saying we are caught up in two types of illusions. It's a bit difficult to get your head around this, but we're going to try. And you know why it's difficult for us to get our head around it? Because we're in that illusion. It's because we're in that illusion, it's difficult to think out of the box. And that's the difficulty. And that's why it takes a lot of effort. So we're going to discuss these two illusions that we're all caught up in. Really. The self-realized have declared from their own experience that the world that you perceive is just an illusory projection upon the supreme reality. That there are two illusions playing in the world, termed as intrinsic and extrinsic, which have held the mass of humanity in total delusion. So self-realized souls who've come out of the illusion have confirmed that from their experience, the world is just an illusory projection on the supreme reality. We as humans are caught up in these two illusions called intrinsic and extrinsic illusions. World is an illusory projection on the supreme reality. Anyone have an idea what does this mean? World is an illusionary projection on the supreme reality. Anybody has an idea? What that means? And I think you mentioned it's uh, watching a movie, black and white in color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can say that a movie is just an image projected on a white screen. It's not real. What is real? What is real when you're watching a movie? A movie projected on a white screen. What is real? You're watching it. What's real out of the experience? Your enjoyment or sadness. Enjoyment, sadness. Your reaction. Okay. The only thing real is the white screen. Isn't it? The white screen is the only thing that's real. Everything projected on it is unreal, correct? Anyone agree or disagree? 
When you turn off the projector, the only thing left is the white screen. So this is what they're saying. We don't realize that this world that we say is real is just a projection and all of us are caught in it. Only the white screen is real. What's the white screen in this illusion? What's that? Dharmesh, what is the white screen? Dhamman. Supreme reality. That's the only thing that's real. I don't understand the um, comparison. Sashi, if you understand the comparison, this world is a projection on the supreme reality. You can say this movie is a projection on the white screen. The movie is an illusion. It's not real. Only the white screen is real. This is why you have to think out of the box for these examples now. Okay. What are the two illusions? Ravi. An intrinsic illusion is one in which the real object and its illusion do not coexist. When the object is cognized, the illusion disappears. And when the illusion appears, the object disappears. The object and the image do not appear together. For example, a child misapprehends a post in the dark to be a ghost. The child sees the ghost. It does not see the post. You see the post. You do not see the ghost. You then bring in light illuminate the post. The child now cognizes the post. Instantly, the ghost is gone. You will notice that only one of them appears at a time. It is either the post or the ghost. They can never appear together to the same person at one time. That is an intrinsic illusion. What's an intrinsic illusion? is where the both object and illusion do not appear at the same time, in simple terms. One either sees the original object or the illusion, but not both. The boy sees a ghost instead of a post, but you see a post, you don't see a ghost. So you either see the post or the ghost, not one or the other, you never see both. When you illuminate light to the post, the child sees then the post. He no longer sees the ghost. That is an intrinsic illusion. You see one or the other, you do not see both. Does that make sense? Yipavin, make sense? You see one or the other. Illusion number one, intrinsic illusion. Any questions? Does everyone understand that? Okay. Extrin the second illusion, extrinsic illusion. An intrinsic illusion, illusion is one in which the object, image, and the medium which causes the image appear together. All three are present at the same time. An example of an intrinsic illusion is reflection in a mirror. You see your image in the mirror. The mirror is the medium that produces your reflection. In this illusion, you, your reflection, and the mirror all appear together. The object, image, and the medium present themselves simultaneously. That is an intrinsic illusion. Extrinsic illusion. The first one is an intrinsic illusion. The second one is an extrinsic illusion. It doesn't matter what it's called. 
An extrinsic illusion is where all three, the object, the illusion, and the medium that projects the illusion appear together. You see all three together. The first one, you only see one or the other. In this one, you see all three. Example given, you stand in front of the mirror. What happens? You see the object, yourself, your reflection, which is the illusion, and the medium that causes the reflection, which is the mirror. So you see yourself, the reflection, and the medium that causing that illusion, which is the mirror. It's quite straightforward, isn't it? You see all three at the same time. So when all three appear at the same time, it's called an extrinsic illusion. And the first one is you see one or the other, that's it. Does everyone understand up to here? Nilam, make sense? So the next bit is a bit difficult to understand because, see there, the examples are given is not difficult. The problem occurs when we try to apply it to the world. That shift, because we're in the illusion, is difficult to understand. We're going to show, the, they're going to talk about how both these illusions are in play in the world right now. Let's see if we can understand it. Ravi, is there any questions, by the way, on extrinsic illusion? Does everyone understand? Sorry. Does everyone basically understand? Because you won't understand completely. And There is yet another interesting phenomenon about these illusions. The possibility of both the intrinsic and extrinsic facets appearing simultaneously in a single illusion. They're saying there's a possibility that both an intrinsic and extrinsic illusion appear together in a single illusion, and there's going to be an example now. A boy treads on a rope in the dark, mistakes it for a snake. He sees a snake. He does not see the rope. That is an intrinsic illusion where only one of the two is seen, the snake and not the rope. So we've given this example before, the rope and snake example. Boy steps on a rope in the dark and he says, it's a snake, it's a snake. Father comes, mother comes. What do they see? Ah, it's just a rope. So he sees the rope or the snake, never sees both together. We all agree that's an intrinsic illusion, correct? Yeah, just nod your head if you think that's correct. It's an intrinsic illusion. You either see the snake or you see the rope. Perfect. But there is an extrinsic illusion there as well, they're saying. Ruby. Now follow carefully. You will find therein an extrinsic illusion created as well. Ask the boy to describe the snake he has seen. He says it is six feet long, four inches thick, black in color. Examine the rope. You find the rope is six feet long, four inches thick, black. The boy's description of the snake fits exactly with that of the rope. The properties of the rope have mirrored themselves in the illusory snake. The properties of the snake is merely a reflection of the properties of the rope. And the medium that has brought up this reflection is the illusory snake. The moment the snake was projected upon the rope, the snake becomes the medium for the properties of the rope and the properties of the snake to appear together at one time. First, the two sets of properties and the medium present themselves simultaneously. All three coexist. This is an extrinsic illusion. Who would like to explain that to me because I've lost the capacity. <laughs> Lipaven, you got your hand up. <laughs> okay. So let's see if we can understand this. Because if we can understand this bit, then we'll understand the illusion we're in. So he's saying the properties of the rope. What's the properties of the rope? Anyone? What is the properties of the rope? 
four inches thick, six feet long, black in color. That's the rope. You all agree with me? The properties of the rope we can say is ABC. When the boy sees the snake, the properties of the snake is also ABC. Four inches thick, six feet long, black in color. Those properties are the rope, properties of the rope, but both appear. And the medium is the snake, it's saying. What causes that reflection? What causes that illusion is the snake. The medium is the snake, just as the mirror is the medium for your reflection. The, the snake is the medium, the reflection of the snake. That is an extrinsic illusion. We see the rope, the properties of the rope, and the, as, as projected onto the properties of the snake. So even though you don't see the rope, but you still see the properties. So they're saying that is the extrinsic illusion. Once you shine a light, the snake no longer exists. It's just the rope and its properties. Now we apply this to what we are experiencing in the world to show us the illusion. We're caught up in the world. Now you have to read and think about it. Yeah? I can go on for half an hour explaining. It won't make sense until you spend your own time thinking and reflecting on it because everyone's level is different of understanding. And when you think you understand it, trust me, you, you, you don't understand it. You'll have to go back again. Just when you think you understand it, it still doesn't make sense. It's one of those topics that is hard to get your head around because we're in the illusion. So it's saying, and I'm not gonna to spend too much time on that example. I'm gonna go straight to how it's an illusion in the world. So he's saying we're caught up in the similar illusion in the world. And I will explain to you how. Maybe. Human beings are caught up in both intrinsic and extrinsic illusions in the experience of the world. The world appears to you as a pluralistic phenomenon of things and beings, as an infinite expression of time, space, and causation. But the entire world is nothing but Brahman. Brahman alone exists. But you see a world, not Brahman, like the boy seeing a snake <clears throat> and not the rope. You see a world where there is Brahman. That is the intrinsic illusion. So uh, it'll make more sense now. Humans, we are, all of us, experiencing the world, we're caught up in this, both these illusions. Caught up in this illusion. The world is Brahman, but we see the world and not Brahman. This world is Brahman, but we're caught up in the world because we don't see Brahman. This is the intrinsic illusion. Those who are self-realized see Brahman, they don't see the world like we do. That's the difference between us and a self-realized person. We see the world, we don't see Brahman. The self-realized person sees Brahman. He doesn't see the world. She doesn't see the world. So that's the intrinsic illusion. Now the extrinsic illusion. Dimple, any questions? Anybody got any questions? Any, it's, it's, wants to query anything or have any? So, you have a question? Yeah. So, in this intrinsic illusion, yeah. the self-realized person is not in the intrinsic because he's seen Brahman. But I haven't seen Brahman, so I'm in this illusion. Yeah. Partly, yeah. So, when you go out in the dark and your child sees a snake, hmm? He's in the intrinsic illusion. He sees the snake. But you go out and you see it's a rope. It's not a snake, it's a rope. Similarly, here, we're all seeing the snake. We're not seeing the rope. The 
self-realized soul sees the rope and not the snake. How can we see the rope and not the snake? How can we see Brahman and not the world? The world is nothing but Brahman. This world is a projection on Brahman. Oh, no, no. So are we saying that a self-realized person is like at the moment we are experiencing things because we're in the waking world. A self-realized person would also be experiencing things. So why are they able to see Brahman? Is it because the they're accepting that? That's the question here. Why is the self-realized able to see the Brahman and they don't see the world? And why do we see the world and not Brahman? Why do we see the snake and not the rope? Or is it a case that they accept that uh, it doesn't matter? They experience it, but they, they're looking at the bigger picture and saying, well, it doesn't matter because, um, you know, like how you um, you rise above it in a, in a sense. Is that what's happening with them? Um, I don't think so. If I say to you, rise above it. It's not possible all the time. It's not yeah. possible. Therefore, but they're saying categorically. They can see that. You with me? They're, they're saying categorically. This world is not real. It's an illusion. This world is Brahman. Damesh. <coughs> but maybe they see an illusion. I beg your pardon? Maybe they see an illusion. They maybe see, see an illusion. And not the rope. I beg your pardon, I didn't, it wasn't clear what you said. We need to consider that these people who say they're self-realized may not be self-realized. They may be just seeing another form of illusion themselves. That There's doesn't help us then, does it? Uh, because then the person who has religion, yeah. Roman may have brought religion to them, but we can't see it. We assume it's not real. In the Let's same take, way, a self-realized person has religion or seen Brahman, you have to accept that others may be real. Let's not uh, go there because we're going off topic slightly. The question here is, okay, let me simplify it. We see the world, we don't see Brahman. Self-realized person sees Brahman, don't see the world. Does everyone understand that bit? Yeah? Okay. Nilam, does you understand that bit? We see the world, we don't see Brahman. You may see Brahman, I don't know. Okay, okay. So, the boy sees a snake and not the rope. But the parent sees the rope and not the snake. It's the same analogy, right? Why does the boy not see the rope? Knowledge. Knowledge. You have to have a, give me a sentence. Um, they have a greater understanding, knowledge. Um, it's identifying with using the intellect, um, identifying a rope to a snake, knowing of both, understanding okay. both illusions. Simpler answer. Marita. Uh, so the child doesn't have the experience to understand what the what the rope is, whereas an adult knows that it it can see the rope. So what's the difference between the child and the adult? What's the difference? The, the understanding is different. The knowledge. The knowledge, okay. The child is ignorant of the rope. He has no knowledge of the rope. The adult has knowledge of the rope. He can see it's a rope. Therefore, the adult only sees the rope and not the snake. But a child is ignorant of the rope. No knowledge of rope. Only when the father shows, shines a light on it, picks it up and say, son, this is only a rope. Now, the, what does the boy see? What does the boy see now? A rope. A rope. He no longer sees a snake because he has knowledge of the rope. Similarly, we all see the world. We don't see Brahman. A self-realized soul sees Brahman and not the world. What's the difference? He has knowledge of the illusion. He has knowledge of the illusion or the no. Brahman. knowledge of, of Brahman. Brahman. Thank you. They have knowledge of Brahman, the reality. 
Now the ignorance is removed. They are no longer in delusion. They no longer see the world. They no longer see the snake. They see Brahman. So this is where we are. We're in the illusion. We're all experiencing the snake, the world. But as we're learning the subject, which gives us knowledge of Brahman, we're then able to slowly identify. We slowly see the rope, Brahman. And we slowly get out of the illusion. Okay, I'm going to stop here because it only gets deeper and I think we'll lose the capacity to live after this. So. <laughs> You've done a good job though, thank you. You've done a good job by listening, trust me. <laughs> but does it, does, is there any questions? Any? You have to think about it, as I said, but the analogy I, I think helps make it more clearer. The difference between us and the self-realized soul is they have knowledge of Brahman and they've now experienced Brahman. Yeah, hence they don't see the world. The boy has now felt the rope. He feels and experienced the rope. He no longer sees the snake. So this is where we need to get to. And slowly we get there. And then you become self-realized. You no longer see the world. You're no longer in the illusion. You see world, you see Brahman everywhere. This is the crux of it. This is where we're trying to get to. Yeah, are we, are we going to talk about how the self-realized person has seen, got the experience of Brahman? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Are we going to be talking about how the self-realized person has can see Brahman? In later chapter, are we going to go to that? Are we? Okay. Complete understanding. Uh, they, they will see. You got to remember this knowledge is coming from a self-realized person, a person who's describing the rope to you. So you can see the rope, he's experienced the rope, he's felt the rope, he's touched the rope, and now he's telling you, it's not a snake, it's a rope. And now we've slowly, slowly giving you knowledge so you can see the rope. So that's the stance that person's coming from who's written this. So we're trying to get to that understanding. Any other questions? Yeah. So, if the boy, if the parents explain to the boy, this is the rope, mm -hmm. and shows the boy mm -hmm. the, the rope, and the boy understands, at that moment in time, he's understood. So, you could say that he's no longer in ignorance. Mm -hmm. But a day or two later, he might see that same rope mm -hmm. somewhere else in a different form. Mm -hmm. It's like us right now, we might think we understand Brahman and I have this illusion for the split second. But I walk out this door, I'm back in the illusion. Mm -hmm. That knowledge that I had is gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why? But so how can I hold on to that knowledge all the time so that I never see the snake? Initially, you said you had faith. Mm -hmm. So once you have 100% faith that this world is an illusion, then you will no longer see the snake. But right now, you forget that this world is unreal. That's the problem. You forget the knowledge of the rope. It doesn't stay with you in your experiences. That's why. Once you're 100% understand that it's a rope, this world is Brahman, then there's no going back. To get to that stage is our journey, our spiritual journey. Does, does that answer your question? Does everyone understand her question, Sittle's question? Yeah. Why can I, why do I forget? Vanita. So it's because we're ignorant of the self. This is why we can't understand it. That's the Absolutely. only thing. Absolutely. And what removes ignorance? The knowledge that you... Knowledge. Knowledge of the smoke removes the ignorance, but knowledge of the snake. Yeah. 
the, the, the snake. Simple as that. Any other questions? Okay. So we'll cover again next week. We'll go over it again. And anybody who wants to um, have a group discussion on Wednesday, please post your questions by Tuesday lunchtime so that everyone can think about the question. That's all it is, because it's a group discussion. So people can have a little think about. Okay, great. If there's no other questions, we can all have a nap. <laughs>